You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, Women Hopes listeners, welcome back and a huge Happy New Year to each one of you. And welcome back, Kim. Did you enjoy the holidays? Yes. (laughs) It was was really fun for us to enjoy December 24th, Christmas Eve with you and David. Your church is so sweet. We went to a Christmas Eve service. It was fun. Uh, You know what? And dinner afterwards was amazing. Yeah. We had, can I, can I brag on you? Well, if you want. (laughs) I had so much fun though. Yeah, it was fun. So you guys came over for dinner afterwards and all I did was provide some snacks for dessert because you brought dinner too. You came (laughs) over and brought the meal. Yeah. And we had, okay, don't make fun of me when I say it. (laughs) Pozole Mm -hmm. and uh, chicken enchiladas. That's right. And it was amazing. Aw, thank you. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Just my favorite thing to make on Christmas Eve. Just, yeah, kind of brings back memories of home and it's nice. It's just fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it though. We did. <laughs> and just to sit and talk ministry yeah. and life for yeah. what, several hours? Yeah. It was fun. I know you guys had to boot us out now. <laughs> no, we would have stayed out. We we can handle late nights. <laughs> it sounds like we better go. <laughs> no, Most of we the time enjoyed we can it. handle late nights. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> yes, it was, it was great. It was really good. Hey, and by the way, um, did you happen to do any like Advent reading? Because I had a wonderful resource this, I, I just loved it so much. Uh, for the month of December, I read uh, through Sinclair Ferguson's uh, little Advent reading called Dawn of Redeeming Grace, where you have a different devotional every day through the month of December. It was so good. I really, really enjoyed that. I wondered if you'd had anything to share with the listening audience. Well, they can mark that one, but this is not specifically for Advent, but I chose to read a book that had been given to me by Betty probably eight years ago, uh, Michael Reeves' book, Rejoicing in Christ. Oh, wow. I'd like to, I'd like to see that. It is a devotional, huh? It, it's, it's devotionally written. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is because you and I are counselors, and so we're always looking for uh, the, the, the aspects of, okay, now what do we do? You know, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> How, application. The application yeah. in a ca- for counseling sessions and all of that, right? So our mind always goes there, right? But this book was just, we live in a self-centered world. We live in an individualistic society. Let's just talk about Jesus. Yeah, I love that. And it was so good. Yeah, it was and so actually good. my devotional is the same thing. It just centered on Christ. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. It Yeah, those are great resources, both of them. Michael Reeves. Okay, that's good. Well, ladies, um, Kim and I are just so thrilled about the captivating journey that lies ahead in our upcoming series. We've decided to focus on essential elements of a Christ-centered women's ministry. We have seven podcasts planned out, um, and we're going to be diving into some really great topics that resonate not just with us personally, but really come from the very heartbeat of our convictions. Mm-hmm. And 
So we're really excited because we're really uh, thinking through just our own collective experiences with women's ministries. And we, of course, are just so grateful uh, for the Lord's gracious guidance and all of that. Um, Her and I, Kim and I have just been involved in women's ministries probably 25 plus years now. And so it's neat to kind of think back through what we've experienced, how the Lord's brought us through that, and then be able to just share insights um, from the Word of God and and really draw from those experiences because it's really rich. But having said that, um, as we think through women's ministries, your women's ministries may look a little different than our women's ministries. And so our goal today and over the next seven podcasts is just to give some ideas from the Word of God about mm-hmm. what um, should undergird maybe a women's ministries. And so we're, we're excited about that. Um, we really want to share some of those things with you. Um, and so with that being said, in the next couple of episodes, we'll just kick things off and we'll start with a theological foundation for women's ministries in the local church. And then from there, what we look forward to is just having more insightful discussions on even building Christ-centered relationships through informal and formal discipleship. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes formal discipleship can also mean biblical counseling, just however you want to phrase that. And then we want to kind of take it a little different direction and focus on um, just the power of spiritual giftedness um, when we serve in the body of Christ. Part of Part of the goal um, as a women's ministry leader is recognizing spiritual giftedness in women and just how can we come alongside and encourage women to use their spiritual gifts for the glory of God. And so it's kind of neat to be able to have opportunity to even explore that and, and just talk to you all about that. And then what we're really excited about is towards the end of the season, um, we have a panel uh, lined up with like-minded women from different women's ministries across the U.S. And so, Lord willing, um, we look forward to hearing from them and and just the wisdom that's going to be exchanged. It's going to be phenomenal. The shared experiences, I'm sure it'll be very inspiring. So I really, really look forward to that. But to kick off today, uh, what we want to do is we just want to begin by delving into the importance of just maintaining a Christ-centered and true-centered women's ministries. That's that's just the foundation, and mm-hmm. we've all got to start there. But before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty, as they say, why don't we start with a question that, that holds, I think, significant weight, which is, um, what truly defines our purpose? And not just in the broader scope of life, but specifically within the intricate tapestry of women's ministries. And so um, we would love it if you all would just grab your Bibles and settle in, because we're going to look at some scripture today. And we want to be able to navigate um, this together through the Word and sort of just explore the depths and purpose and just even the impact that it has on all of us. So as we turn to the scriptures for guidance, I I think a powerful verse that we could look up and read together that really speaks to the heart of our discussion is in Colossians 1, 16 to 17. And I'll just go ahead and read that for you all. Um, Paul says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him 
and for him he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So really, Kim, um, first and foremost, according to the word, our purpose as believers is really just to trust the one who loves us and has the whole world in his hands, right? (laughs) And Paul gives motivation for trusting him that I think is just really important to even meditate on in those couple of verses there. He talks about the fact that Jesus is preeminent over creation, that everything was not only created through him, but for him. Even nations and kings and authorities were created through him and for him. He is actively sustaining the whole world and all things in it. So when we sing, he's got the whole world in his hands, it's not just a song. It's really a promise Hmm. that we can trust. Mm. And so, you know, to answer that question, our purpose in life and in ministry, right, is to know Christ and to glorify him. It's Mm -hmm. not any... It's it's simple, but it's profound, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just where we're going with it. You know, we're created by Christ, not just by Christ, but also for him, everything. So obviously our women's ministries at a foundational level have to exist to glorify right. Christ, to display his glory. Mm-hmm. Has to. So, you know, as believers, obviously, our purpose is to live, to know Christ, to bring glory to his name, and then to trust that he's sovereign and in control over all creation, over all ministries. Mm-hmm. You know, love thinking through that. It's, it's really deeply profound, honestly. And so um, with that in mind, I think it brings up another really important question, and that is, whose church is it anyway? Bingo. <laughs> whose church? Yeah. And there's a verse, uh, if we go back to the book of Acts, that um, I found, Acts 20, verse 28, um, Paul says something um, really important. He's speaking here, but he says in verse 28, to be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. It's pretty clear. And we know um, that Paul is, that it's like a farewell address to the leaders of the Ephesus church. So he's mm-hmm. talking to the elders there. And it's just a powerful reminder to all of us that the church actually doesn't belong to the pastor. It doesn't belong to certain individuals. It doesn't belong to ministries mm-hmm. um, like women's ministries or women's ministry group. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And he is the redeemer who purchased it with his own blood. Can't get any more clearer than that. Um, in fact, if you go back to Colossians 1 and you look at verse 18, which maybe we should have read it all together, we're even reminded that Christ is the head of the body of Christ. It's his body, the church. And so obviously he needs to have first place in everything. And so in life and within our women's ministries, I think it's just really crucial Firstly, just to anchor ourselves in the understanding that Christ must be our ultimate head and purpose. He Mm -hmm. is our purpose. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, the implications of not having that as our foundation is a risk that women's ministries um, will be swayed by external social pressures, right, or special interest groups. And there's none of that. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of outside influence. Let's put it that way. Sure. And... And also, there's a risk in devolving into sort of a event-centric gatherings, mm-hmm. 
that alone in and of itself doesn't contribute to this essential purpose or pursuit that we have of growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. It has to be him and his word firstly, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, I'm sure that a lot of women's ministries have different event-like things, but that's oh, not that's not the main thing. It's oh, not the main thing. Sure. Um, now, Susan Hunt, who is someone that a lot of you may be familiar with, I really believe that she has shaped the landscape of Christ-centered women's ministries for decades. She's an older saint, just a Titus II woman, and I really, really appreciate her a lot. Um, and I've read a lot of her th her things. I've listened to her teach, but. She puts it wisely when she says that Christ, not womanhood or the women's ministry, must be the reference point. I think that's what I'm getting at. I'm just saying different words, but that's where I'm going with it. And she further says that unless a women's ministry is an overflow of the gospel, which is so important, or we could say a Christocentric, mm -hmm. you know, Christocentric posture, whatever, women will become hinderers and not helpers in the body of Christ. And I've also seen that, sadly. We want to be helpers. We want to be an expression of what our leadership um, is doing and what they're wanting. Even in biblical counseling, it's mm -hmm. that way. I never, I never want to counsel outside of how I think my leaders would counsel, if you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. we want to be an expression. And, you know, of course, women's ministries is under the leadership anyway, or it should be. So, which takes us back to yeah. our la our previous series. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, and so I think that's just wonderful. Um so anyway, before we move forward, let's just take a little bit of time here um before I hand it over to you Kim, just to underscore underscore just some takeaways from what I'm saying. Um I think simply yet deeply um, what I want to say is that Christ must be the bedrock, must be the compass, and must be the driving force, driving force behind not only what we do, but just in our life, <laughs> obviously. Mm -hmm. He's got to be the center. But there is another sort of crucial aspect as it relates to women's ministries that I would love for you to address, um, and that is just being careful to maintain a truth centered ministry. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and because it's such a foundational principle as well. Right. Well, if Jesus says that, you know, he is the chief cornerstone. Oh, yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then if we start anywhere else, just like you have mentioned, we're going to get off kilter somewhere. Mm hmm. And so we want that foundation to be Christ. And so thank you for that reminder. Yeah. And that quote by Susan. It's a great quote. It's a great quote because we we do. We tend to move towards who we are as women and, you know, things like that. And maybe unintentionally and even well-meaning uh, forget that Christ is the beginning and the end. That's right. And so we want to make sure that uh, we are aiming towards him in everything that we do, even if it is an event or a, air quotes, fun thing that we're doing together. Are we still pointing in those events? Are we pointing the women to Christ? I can make chocolate chip cookies with the women at my church or like we did sugar cookies at Christmas with a group of women 
and point the women to Christ. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They're in everything no that we do, mm-hmm. like Jonathan Edwards said, any conversation that we have that doesn't speak about Jesus Christ is a waste of conversation. So whether that's making cookies or teaching a Bible study or any of these things that our churches may have that come under uh, the leadership of women's ministry, we want to point to Christ. Absolutely. Amen. So thank you for reminding us of that. So we also know that it's not just that we are saying Christ, right? How do we know how Christ wants us to model our lives mm, as women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sure don't get those cues from the world. No. It's easy to do. The world is pounding at our door, right? Telling us this is the greatest thing. This is the next best, best thing. Even churches do that. You do mm. this and your church will be great. You know, oh, I want to have a women's ministry like that. You know, then we start comparing. So that's not the foundation. Mm. The foundation that we have is next, the Word of God. Absolutely. Mm. Um, because it's the, the, the authoritative and the sufficient Word of God as we maintain that in a women's ministry that uh, we will flourish. Mm. You can't go wrong with God's word. That's right. His word never fails. Mm-mm. So where why would we build it on anything else? Mm. So God's word is no ordinary book, right? That's right. Uh, in Hebrews 4.12, which you and I are both in Hebrews, uh, it describes uh, God's word is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's not just written by man. It is breathed out by God, and it is inerrant. It's fully sufficient for every single aspect of our lives. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. That includes women's ministries. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this facet of Uh, God's Word being a part of the foundation of our women's ministry. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm 19, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 11 for us, okay? It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, much pure gold, sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, your servant is warned by them. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Now, why would we not want the Word of God to be a foundation (laughs) of our women's ministry after reading Psalm 19? I love that. Yeah. It just beautifully shows us uh, the perfection of God's law, of the Word of God, its ability to restore our souls. It makes the simple wise. We want to be wise women. 
I, I pray for wisdom all the time. Lord, mm-hmm. make me wise. And as I grow in his word, I'm gaining wisdom as I apply those things. And so it also says that it brings joy to our hearts. Um, and we can use that as a way of helping us to know when we don't have joy in our hearts, there might be something going on that's not centric in our lives, right? Um, we might be focusing on our circumstances more on the perfections of God's Word and what He has said about our circumstances. So God's Word brings joy to our hearts, and it should be more desirable than gold and sweeter than honey. So here's the kicker. This has to be done not on our own power. This is the work of the Spirit of God, right? That is taking the Word of God and using the Word of God to transform us. And let's look just real quickly at Ezekiel uh, 11, 19, and 20. And um, read that with me if you still have your Bibles open. It says, And I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them, and I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, so that they may walk, which means to make these things a way of their life, right? Having a new heart means that you walk a certain way in my statutes. So we will walk in the statutes of God and keep means we will take heed, observe, even preserve and watch over the word of God um, or his ordinances, as it says here, and do, which means to obey, simply obey them. Then they will be my people and I shall be their God. So here it talks about this wonderful work that the Spirit is going to do. And then because we have the Holy Spirit, what we will do. And so we need to know that that is a work of the Lord. And we participate in that as we have been changed. Uh, God promises in this passage uh, that he gives us this new heart and this new spirit, and it's replacing that heart of what? (laughs) Stone. Stone, yeah. Yeah, these hard hearts, and gives us a heart of flesh. And regeneration is initiated by the Holy Spirit. We don't start it. He's doing that work in us, right? Mm -hmm. And as he does that, the day we put our faith in Christ, that transformation becomes evident by what is stated in verse 20. We'll begin to walk in the ways of the Lord. We will keep, guard, protect his word, and we will obey it. Mm. So that is really important because I pray that my women's ministry is known as women who love Jesus but not just with lip service. Mm. It's known in their obedience and how they live their lives out in their homes, in their workplaces, uh, with their families, wherever they're at, yeah. that they're glorifying mm. God. So now let's look at another another verse here. And this is, this is in the context of Jesus uh, being tempted by Satan. And it's in Matthew 4, 4. And after uh, fasting for 40 days and nights, 
Satan is telling Jesus to turn stones into bread. And I love that Jesus just doesn't answer with some hip, you know, Twitter trending kind of post thing. What does he go to? Word of God. The Word of God. Mm -hmm. He turns to the Word of God and he said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He was dependent upon his father. Mm. He is the very word. <laughs> the word became flesh, right? He is the word. <laughs> he is the word. He became flesh and he is dependent upon his father. He is dependent upon the word of God that has been written by his father. Mm. And so how many times does a person have to eat in a day, Shelby? Oh, well, that's probably subjective, but they should just eat. They should eat something. (laughs) Right, right. Some people are snackers, grazers, whatever. If you're in keto, maybe twice a day. I don't know. (laughs) There you go. But we eat, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our bodies remind us when we don't eat. That's true. We get hungry. And we, or we get weak and it's like, oh, you know, I probably should eat something. Um, So just as our bodies need not just food, but the right kinds of food, right? Mm. Um, If we're on junk food, spiritual junk food, physical junk food, we're going to become weak. Mm -hmm. We're going to become physically weak or spiritually weak. Our souls have to depend upon and thrive on the word of God. There's no junk food there. All the sustenance we need is mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we're not risking becoming spiritually weak and fall prey to the worldly influences, even good things, right? But we we don't want to get our diet spiritually from Instagram. Right. You know, we want it to come straight from the word of God. Mm -hmm. So we also want to make sure that we're striving for Christ-centeredness. We can't overlook the sufficient word of God. If we are devoid of his word, we are going to be basically blind women leading blind women That's true. In women's ministry, right? Um, We will navigate this ministry in ignorance. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that we don't do that to our women's ministry and also in our personal lives. We want to make sure that we're having a healthy diet of the Word of God. So let's break down a few qualities, essential qualities of the Scripture, of the Bible. Uh, It is not just a collection of books. It is really our measuring stick for life. Uh, It has 66 books that were written over 1,500 years in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And they hold these four vital attributes— They are authoritative, they are sufficient, they're inerrant, and they have clarity. All of God's Word has clarity, written by men, led by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. to put this one book together as a cohesive book for our lives to honor Christ. Mm -hmm. So, 
let's look at those qualities. The first quality of the Bible is its authority. And we see in 2 Thessalonians 2.13 that Paul is praising this young Thessalonian church for accepting God's word as what it truly is. Not the words of men, but the word of God. It's the word of God. It's God-breathed. And I love the quote by Charles Spurgeon. Uh, the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose. And the lion will defend itself. One of my most favorite Spurgey quotes. <laughs> <laughs> that and uh, the one that cracks me up is the one on pancakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I love, I love the picture of that because it takes us out of the picture, mm. right? Because what it's saying there is we just present the truths of God. We don't have to be the most eloquent. We don't have to be pragmatic, we just are to be faithful. There you go. And as we are faithful to the truths of God's word, we get to watch God work. Mm. And who gets the glory in that? That's right. That's God. the best place, mm -hmm. right? That's the that's the way to be. Mm. We know uh, within the church as a whole that there are times that there are other things that vie for our attention, right? Um, tradition. Human reason. Here's a big one. <laughs> Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> experiences, right? Mm -hmm. We we use experiences as comparisons. You know, um, I love, we were talking with some kids the other day and they said, you know, no church is perfect. And, you know, once you get to a church and you just jump in and start serving, you don't really notice the quirks. You just love serving and being with those people and, and serving the Lord. You, you forget about those things. And I love that because they had taken that comparison feature out of, of, the, of the picture and just said, I want, to, I want to serve the Lord with a local body of believers and make his name great. Mm. And I love that. You know, we're, they weren't comparing. Well, the church I grew up in, because they were young, right? Mm. The church I grew up in had this. This doesn't have that. Well, that's okay. There will be some differences, but as long as it is founded on the word of God, mm. it's fine. Mm. So we have to stand firm, and God's Word is the ultimate authority, not just in our lives, but also in our ministries. We don't just say it. It's not lip service. It is to be a function of our very lives. And I love J.C. Ryle. I've gone to visit churches of his, and uh, you know that the Word of God was authoritative in his churches. He actually covered up a lot of the icons that were in those churches because he was fighting against Catholicism, right? And so he covered up those icons with Scripture because he believed that it wasn't that person that made the church, right? That icon of that person but it was the word of God. And so he went in and he covered all of those things with scripture in his buildings that he was in. I wow. thought that was because they were originally were Catholic churches. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And so as they were turned over, then he would replace those icons with scripture. And so he says this, he says, the true Christian was intended by Christ to prove all things by the word of God. 
all churches, all ministers, all teaching, all preaching, all doctrines, all sermons, all writings, all opinions, all practices. These are his marching orders. Prove all by the word of God. Measure all by the measure of the Bible. Compare all with the standard of the Bible. Weigh all with the balances of the Bible. Examine all by the light of the Bible. Test all in the crucible of the Bible. That which cannot abide in the fire of the Bible, reject, refuse, repudiate, repudiate, and cast away. This is the flag which he has nailed to the mast. May it never be lowered. Talk about a compass you mentioned a while ago, right? <laughs> that, that is the picture here. Our standard is the Word of God, and everything we, we do, we measure by the Word of God, hmm. women's ministry included. So God's Word is authoritative, and God's Word is also sufficient. We all know the verse, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 through 17. If you were in Awana, <laughs> Seriously. You, you probably memorized it, but it emphasizes all scripture is inspired by God. It is God-breathed, and it's profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and training in righteousness. It's not just a manual. This is a comprehensive guide as we walk out this life in faith. In this journey, it guides us for everything that we need. And so, ladies— I want you to think about this. I did a little research. <laughs> Two hours and 23 day, uh, minutes a day is what is spent on average on social media. Wow. Two, two and a half hours. That's a lot. By adults. Mm. Get this. Our teens are spending four Point eight to seven hours a day. Oh, my. Now, let's put that into perspective of what is shaping our thinking. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is staggering on so many levels. As we think about how we steward the truth, how much time are we spending in the Word of God? I'm guilty. There's times I wake up, I'm having my coffee, and I'm reading the Word of God, and my phone buzzes. <laughs> and what do I do? I pick it up. And then the ne what is the next thing I do? Oh, I check the next thing that comes up on my phone. And then before you know it, I've been distracted like that. Mm -hmm. And so we have to guard our hearts mm -hmm. from that, right? And mm -hmm. so, ladies, really evaluate how much time am I spending in the Word of God, if I believe that it's sufficient and I'm spending two and a half hours a day on social media and 20 minutes in the morning in the Word and prayer, I am functioning differently than I should be and that I'm professing probably as well if I'm saying the Word of God is sufficient. Hmm. So we want to examine that. I'm not saying be legalistic and make a chart and say, <laughs> how many minutes am I spending in the Word versus how many am I spending on IG, right? The, there are good and profitable things from all of that. Mm -hmm. But is my thrust the Word of God? So um, I just, I've, I think we're flooded with information 
from every single direction. And we need to remember that God's word is so comprehensive. It is fully sufficient, not just for our salvation, but also for our sanctification. And it's God's word that will bring us into glorification as we endure uh, through every good work that he gives us to do. So there's another quality. (laughs) Uh, It's inerrancy. Psalm 119.60 reminds us that the sum of God's word, the sum of your word, God, is truth. The totality of God's word is truth. The Bible in its original form has no error. Every single word reflects the truthfulness of God who cannot lie. For God to lie in any way, for his word to contradict itself in any way, would deny his character. And so God's word is inerrant, ladies. There is no error. Um, Those who are professing to be wise will sometimes think that they have found error in God's word. But if you hear that from somebody, run. (laughs) Just run run the opposite direction. And then the fourth quality of the Bible, ladies, is clarity. Psalm 119.05 reminds the reader that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Hmm. That helps us to see how to live our lives. So in other words, it's clear, right? It's understandable. It's accessible to anyone that is genuinely seeking to to know and grow in Christlikeness. So, um, and also in wisdom. Mm. So while scripture has authority, while it is inerrant, it's clear, sufficient, it doesn't just happen by osmosis. That's right. Right? We have to apply ourselves. We have to dive into the Word of God. We have to treasure it. Mm. Uh, We want to make it a part of our lives. When you're having a conversation with someone, does Scripture come up in your mind immediately of something that addresses that conversation you're having? Or so are you so caught up in a conversation that you've forgot God, mm-hmm. right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We mm-hmm. get kind of caught up and we we forget about the, the practical aspects of this living and active word. Mm. So as 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, ladies, we are to do our best to present ourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed Rightly handling the truth. We are to accurately handle the truth. That means to just cut it straight, right? To accurately handle it. We are just cutting that word straight. So we have to be diligent students of God's work. Uh, We have to understand and rely on the Holy Spirit to illuminate those truths in our hearts, right? Uh, we, We do the work. The Holy Spirit is really the one who is doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. As uh, we uh, are doing that, he's changing us and molding us into the image of his son. And so uh, we want 
to have the Holy Spirit doing that work in our lives through the Word of God. So uh, the next time you're in a ladies' Bible study and a small, maybe in a small group, we have small groups. Do you have small groups in your life? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We do too. And I love it. We pray together. Our questions, our reflections upon what we just uh, were lectured upon in our our lesson um, and what we studied ourselves. And, uh, but sometimes in small groups, you'll hear, well, what that passage means to me (laughs) is fill in the blank, right? Fill in the blank, yeah. And it could be anything. It could be biblical Mm -hmm. or it could be, like I said earlier, experience or feelings oriented, right? Opposed to what does it just mean? That's cutting it straight, right? This is what the scripture means. Now what do I do in light of what that scripture says and means? And so um, we want to make sure that we have the scriptural understanding as to why, you know, this whole idea of what it means to me in the moment, subjectively, Mm -hmm. that we want to understand scripture objectively, because scripture is objective. And we're going to talk about this further, because Shelby, we have barely (laughs) touched the tip of the iceberg on this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so thankful for what you shared, because it, it it just reminds us of how important the Word of God really is. I mean, it's the very means that God has given for the Holy Spirit to help us to understand how to live a life that glorifies God, that helps us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Um, and it's just like you were saying, you know, like Jesus was even bringing up in Matthew 4, that when we're not in it, when we're not immersed in it, um, we're spiritually anemic. Mm-hmm. And that's just not good. And so just you even reviewing all of that, I, I was just struck by how important it is to be in it daily. And really just the staggering stats that you gave, thinking through, yeah, it's so easy to be shaped by outside influences, and that can easily creep into your women's ministries, well, mm-hmm. into your own life, mm-hmm. but into everything. And we've got to get back to what God wants. And mm-hmm. the only way we will even know, I tell that to my students a lot, that if you're not gauging your life and what you do through the word of God, you're pulling from the culture because where else would you go? Right. You know, mm-hmm. so just, there's only just two so worlds. Un- yeah. That's so important. Believing and perishing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, we have to be so careful and how gracious of it really is God to leave us his word. I mean, you have to really think through that as well is we don't, we don't have to be, we don't have to guess. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells us. Mm-hmm. And then it's been preserved. And it's been preserved over just, yeah. And fought so for. long and fought for. People have died. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's just important. And I'm just really thankful that you were able to shed some light on just the importance of, of maintaining a true-centered ministry. So, ladies, um, I'm sure you're taking it all in and thinking through some of these things that we've shared. Um, but as we journey deeper, really, into this theological foundation, 
for Women's Ministries. I hope that you'll stay tuned for more thoughtful conversations on this because we really like to think through this on a deep level. And, um, and it's just been, it's just been amazing. Um, but as far as like what's to come in our next episode, I think what we'll do is we will hone in on just two more crucial aspects. And one of them will be the importance of maintaining a doctrine centered approach to women's ministries. Um, Kim and I have both taught on that quite often, quite a Mm -hmm. lot, even in biblical counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important doctrine, the truths that you ought to know. Mm-hmm. that that shape you, you know, um, and it's not just about knowing, it's about living them out. So I look forward to having that discussion. And also, obviously, we have to go into the essence of a Titus II ministry. That's, you know, women's ministry should be a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. So we've got to talk that one out. We have before on this show, but we'll probably look at it in a slightly different way since we're talking about the essential elements of a women's ministries, Mm -hmm. but how important that aspect is too. And how neat that we kind of have this sort of practical discipleship model in the Bible, just straight up, you know? Well, we just said everything. church, yeah. We just said everything's there and there it is. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously, I was just looking over my notes on Titus 2 because I'm teaching on that soon at another thing. And it's just like so much there. It's just amazing Mm -hmm. how it's just gracious of God, you know? Mm -hmm. But we're going to wrap up now. Um, we We could go on and on. But before we wrap up, We just want to express our gratitude to you, our listening audience, for joining us. And we're just thankful for you. We're thankful for this new year um, to have these discussions. And we we hope that what we provide is edifying and it equips you to be Christ-centered and true-centered in your ministries and in your life. We also want to uh, thank uh, Masters University. They are so gracious to provide for us a beautiful studio. They um, produce our show. We have a wonderful person in here with us right now <laughs> who does such a great job, Kaylin, of, of editing and um, recording us and editing us. We just love her and we're thankful for her. Now, as far as where you can find us, um, it's funny because I had put in my notes Twitter, but from what I understand, it's called X now. <laughs> so, I, well, I was impressed that you even wrote that. Yeah, I was like, I thought, you go, oh, yeah, girl. I looked it up just to make sure because <laughs> I'm not on Twitter much, but Women's Hope is. And, um, well, it's not even Twitter anymore, but you can find us on X, of course, on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. all the social media platforms that we want you to be careful not to be in so much, but yet we're on them. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah. Um, but we do want to invite you also to keep this conversation going on our Women's Hope Facebook group. It would be neat to hear from you. Maybe you mm. are doing things in your women's ministries that you'd like to share. That might be kind of a fun conversation to have with everybody. You know, how are things going? But um, aside from that, until next time when we get together again, we we just really pray that you stay inspired by what we're talking about, that you stay connected with us and you keep seeking the heart of God in your own women's ministries. Um, That's really, really quite important. So with that, we just want to wish you a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Women's Hope podcast of the Masters University. For more resources and episodes, visit masters.edu slash women's hope. For more information on the Masters University, visit masters.edu. We'll see you next time.